on this episode of Quantum Week, February 3rd through 9th, 2013. Quantum Week. Quantum Week. Welcome to Quantum Week. I am Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. We talk about movies and music and headlines and our personal stories. And we are in February 2013 with Silver Linings Playbook and Oh, hey. I always want to call it hey-ho, but it's actually ho-hey. Nice job. Uh, Thank you. Yes, we are talking Silver Linings Playbook. Let's get right into it. Um, what do you about this movie? I feel like I always tell you what I think first. Oh, okay. You want me to start? Yeah, you tell me. Okay. Uh, so I really like this movie. I love this film. Yeah, this is really good. <laughs> uh, I, I like this movie maybe more than I should. Um, that's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, it's, it so, it's got so much heart. That's, that's the amazing So much heart. Yeah. So... Let's talk in generalities about the film for a second, because this is kind of the, the critique on it that, that a lot of people give it, okay. is that the first two acts are great, and the last act, it becomes a rom-com. I'm fucking fine with Me it. Me too, which it does. I, I can't argue that. No. Uh, but if that's the case, and this is what you can cut out for promos if you want, <laughs> if that's the case, then this is the best rom-com that ever was made. This is the best rom-com ever. Okay, I'm not willing to go there, because I, I would just have to, I'd have to, I'd have to like go back, like Harry Met Sally. I'd have to go back and watch that again, or or the Princess Bride. Princess mm. Bride's not a wrong time. You, you don't think the so? Second time that. You don't, why, why don't you think that? Why don't you watch it? It's think so? not. It's like a. It's it. It wants it. Pr- I don't want to get the Princess Bride to be. Okay, that's fine. That's, a, that's but a, it's a, funny ooh. and it's romantic. But it has, but it has other elements too. It's one of those like Big Trouble in Little China tries to be everything. Yeah, yeah. And it was just it was just more successful than Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, it was a little bit like Fifth Element where it tries to be everything, throws everything into the pot. Yeah. Uh, and hoping, yeah, because you got the action and, uh, right. and hoping it makes it good chili, but it ends up yeah. tasting like shit. Well, it doesn't taste like shit. That's, well, a, that's a great film. It does. But uh, okay, but this is very good. I don't know if it's the best, but it's very good. Princess Bride doesn't taste like shit. Princess Bride is lukewarm, but I don't want to get in that whole debate. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan, but I don't hate it. Do, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Uh, I know. You have fantasy. Uh, <laughs> you want to be a wizard or something, right? Is that what we decided last time? You're the fucking wizard. I thought that. I thought that's that's where it came uh, from. The, 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 this movie, <laughs> is a great one. Great. This is so good. And yeah. The, and it's a big reason it's so good is um is the performances. Yeah. So I liked every single character. Or I'm not. I'm not saying I liked every character. I right. liked everybody's performance. Everybody yes. was top notch. Chris not Chris Tucker. Fucking top notch. Great. Great. He um, does. He does such. Because especially for him, where he's so yes. He's so annoying and spastic all the time. Yeah, he's like very so manic and, and it's probably yeah. a lot of effort for him to dial it down. Probably. And he had to a little bit. He was still not as frenetic as like Fifth Element, Chris Tucker. Uh, no, but he, no, but, no, no, I don't think so. No, but still pretty, like still like pretty fast talking, he like was, a lot but of he, movement. But he was so he was so much more like his character also is very relaxed in a lot of ways. It's true. And was very comfortable with like who he was. Like you wonder if that's kind of who he is as a person or the performance is so good. It, it almost like blends in. Yeah. I don't know, but th- he was great. He I mean, was everyone, great. Every single Jackie person. Weaver. So amazing. Good. She is amazing. She was amazing in this film. Oh, uh, one thing with this film is it was nominated. Um, it's very rare when you see a film get nominated for all four acting. Yep. Um, and uh, it does. So, so what I mean by that is best actor, which in this case, Bradley Cooper. Yep. Nominated lost best actress, Jennifer Lawrence. Nominated, nominated one. one. Uh, and then Best Supporting Actor, Robert De Niro, uh, nominated a loss. And then Jackie Weaver for Best Supporting Actress, nominated and lost. Right. So uh, very rarely do you see you know, all four categories get represented like that. And it was tough because upon looking at the film, I'm like, all oh, these people should have won. But then I, I actually looked through who did win that year, and it was, it, it, it was a tough year. 
Yeah, it was I, a tough I year. You get... got Daniel Day Lewis and like people, you know, and uh, Waltz for Django Unchained. I mean, right. it's a tough year. Yeah, it is. This was just this is like a quietly. Uh, I think I said this before when we covered this year, but this is a quietly like a secret really good, good movie movie year. Yeah. Um, I want to get more into the Oscar talk. Uh, well, I want to because we're doing uh, oh, Argo, Argo on Saturday. Yeah, and Argo won Best Picture. Argo also won Best Screenplay. So I kind of want to talk more about that in that episode. We can, no problem. We can talk more about the acting nominations though. To, sure. Today, you know, yeah. if we if we want to go down that road, uh, especially Jennifer Lawrence, um, she's young. She's like twenty three here or something, and wins the Oscar. And wins and wins the Oscar for for best. And she's actress. great. She she should have. She, um, uh, actually, that was probably the weakest class too. The um, I agree. The actresses. So she so she won. She went against uh, Jessica Chastain for Zero Dark Thirty, which is, yep. I thought was okay. Uh, Emmanuel Riva for Amour, which I've not seen. Haven't seen. Uh, I'm always mispronounced her name. It's Kravani, Kravani, Wallace for Beasts of the South, Southern Wild. That's the little girl. Yeah, I haven't I, seen I that I haven't film. seen I, the, the, the That direct, got a bunch of nominations that year did. too. Yeah. It so did. I, should, I should see it. Uh, and then uh, Naomi watched The Impossible. Which I wasn't really, I know what that is. That's the the flood, mo- the, 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 the uh, tsunami and right. all that. I haven't actually seen that I film. have seen that. Uh, and um, she's, she's very good in it. Yeah. The movie doesn't quite work. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I guess I I also don't remember it being a huge battle between Lawrence and Chastain. Uh, Lawrence is better. I think I think she just is, yeah. is just I think kind of had it going. I guess um, I don't I don't remember that being a big debate during Oscar time. And it wasn't that long ago, so I think I would have remembered it. But, right. Yeah. Um, but she is she's exceptional, and it's a really hard role to play because there are times when all of these characters are incredibly unlikable, except for maybe the mother. But oh, even she's, her, she's kind she, of a, she's no, but she like. Yeah, you could tell she kind of um, she enables a lot of this. Behavior. She enables all of it, right? And right, so maybe that makes someone unlikable potentially. But all none of these characters are perfect or flawless people. Oh, they're, they all they're have some huge, major, a issues. lot of mental illness throughout this entire family, and a lot of poor decisions and, and yeah. things like that. Yeah, uh, reckless behavior, stuff like that. Um, and yet, all of them though also are in an odd way incredibly likable. Because huge heart, they're all trying. Like they all, you can tell they love each other, even. Um, so there's a scene, you know, I don't know, two thirds of the way through the film where Pat senior, Robert De Niro's character, he has a complete freak out and then tells Pat, you know, Bradley Cooper's character, like how bad he just like goes off on him. And you can, and, and until that point in time, you don't see how, how hard Bradley Cooper's childhood was. Yeah. But right then, you know, like growing up in that household with Pat senior's OCD and all that stuff would have been extremely traumatic and probably contributed a lot of the, you know, the mental illness that Bradley Cooper's character had, that Pat junior had. And still, you love De Niro. Like, you still love De Niro. You still, he still has so much heart, and he, you know, he cares about us. And when he comes home from, when Bradley comes home from the mental institution, and even though he's a little bit like, oh, is this the right thing or not, he still loves him. He wants what's best for him. None he's of them are He's incredibly selfish, though. He is incredibly selfish, but still, he has a lot of heart. Like, he's rooting for his son the entire time, the dance competition. But he also, but he also would have made money. That's true. It is true. It's, it's I feel it's, like the past senior is the grayest of these characters. I think it's a lot very of the tricky. love we have for him is just, also because we have a relationship with Robert De Niro for so long. Yeah. So, true. you know, we always kind of in a bizarre way, kind of like, like Robert De Niro, you know, like, because, because we, he's probably the source just, of a lot of the mental illness in that family. Yeah. Yeah. So you do see that, but I just, it's still, and he does a lot of things for really selfish reasons. He does. But at other times though, he's like, I, I, I the, to me, the most heart, the most heartbreaking, the most powerful scene in the movie is when, uh, Bradley Cooper's character, uh, Pat jr. Is trying to find his wedding video. Oh yeah. And has a complete meltdown, complete, meltdown. complete meltdown. Like yeah. a, like almost like a child having a temper tantrum. Yeah. 
Uh, and he's just, and he, and you can see it in his eyes that like he knows he shouldn't be behaving this way, but he cannot help it. Yep. And it just spirals and it gets worse and worse and worse. And, it's, and, it, and it, and he ends up hitting his mom. He ends up kind of elbowing his mom in the face by accident. And then he ends up like punching his dad. Or, yeah. Well, uh, his, dad his dad attacks him. And, him, and, then, him and, yeah, he, and then they fight. Yeah. They kind of like a fight. And, um, uh, and yeah. And it's, just, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's awful to watch. And I know, like, I, I mean, I have a lot, like, I, I have a lot of empathy for his character. I know that I get obsessed about some of these things, too. Some, like, I, there are things that I can't let go. I've been in those, exper- not to that degree. Yeah. You know, 70% of that, 50% of that, something. But I have a lot of empathy for that. I've seen it. I, like, I, I, I know my behavior when I act like that. And it is, it's like, it, you have this fuel that takes over you, and you can't, it's really hard to shut it down. Really hard. I used to have that problem a lot more when I was younger. Yeah, the older yeah, yeah. I get, not, not so much anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm better at it. I remember, it like, there were things like, I'll, like, this is nowhere near the same, but, like, I remember I used to want to get the Sunday Boston Globe because I used to, like, to read Peter Gammon's baseball notes. Sure. And I'd be up late. We had a party ever, you know, or, or whatever happened, and um, I would, uh, you know, get up, like, four or five in the morning, and I would just drive from store to store to try to find it. Yeah. And, if, like, the first few stores didn't have it, I just, like, kept trying to, like, but it's like, dude, just go home and go to bed, like, whatever. Yeah. And, like, but, like, see, sometimes you get you get fixated on a thing. So fixated. You have to then get it, and... For me, it's not about things. It's normally about an idea. Like I need to prove a point or I need to be right about something and I'll just go until I, I, I end up or I, I feel like I, I... Most of the time, I feel like I can't get there actually and it ends up not it, oh, not working ahead. out the right way. Well, like I can't prove it to someone else who feels like some, right, so, right, another right. way. Like you just can't do that and it ends up not not really working out. You just got to chill out. It's harder for I have this- a lot of empathy for him. It's hard for this character because it obviously a lot of it is just so mental. Yeah. It's mental unless he's driving it. Um, and you do kind of feel for him. I mean, he obviously he did beat up a guy, but the guy was also like, Oh Jesus Christ. His wife. wife. Yeah. Like, I mean, and the guy knew that he was married. So I don't, I don't, I don't have a lot of sympathy for that character. Who got beat up. He probably, probably had a lot of it coming. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of an asshole. He said, you should probably you leave. You should probably leave. He's fucking Fuck his you, wife. get out of here. It's <laughs> not right. It's my house. Yeah, and you're fucking my wife. What the hell? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't kind of blame it all for that. Uh, really at all, actually. No. Uh, and you blame you blame her. You blame Nikki. She's the one who fucking right. did this shit. And she's really, yeah. And um, But it's so sad. You know, the the Pat Bradley Cooper's character comes home and, and Nikki, his ex-wife, is a teacher. Yeah. And he wants to read her, her, her reading list. Yes. Yeah, like, that's... <laughs> To become a better man. I guess, yes. <laughs> I'm going to lose weight and read her syllabus. Right. <laughs> uh, but Bradley Cooper is such a great actor. And I think he's fantastic. I think he's he a is awesome great actor. He's yeah. really good in a lot of stuff. He, yeah, I mean, agreed. We talked about him about The Hangover. Yep. Um, this is our second, I think, Bradley Cooper movie. Yep. Um, but he, you got to see A Star is Born. It's, he's really good in that. I know. Yeah. I, the, yeah, you're, I just have a hard time with the music ones because they're never that good. They're never good. They never pull it off, the music. They never do, ever. The music part is is so secondary in that movie but uh, yeah, but but it also is on the forefront i, I, I don't know yeah oh i will watch it's it. really good and he's great in it. i know he and I, i've i think I've, I've liked him in pretty much everything i've seen him in yeah he's, he's always great. good yeah um and uh and he's great here and him and david or russell do have a kind of relationship they 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 have done a, quite a few movies they did american hustle together oh that's right that was um, after. And then Jennifer Lawrence. And they also, he did a movie called Joy with Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. And that did not work. It was not a good movie. I, I haven't seen um, it. It's about Joy Mangano. She's um like a QVC kind of person. She right. created like this mop, um, but she created it. She's very poor, like a poor single mom when she created it. And she, um, and she became incredibly, incredibly wealthy. She'd end up creating all these other things that are. So she pulled herself up out of poverty. She did, and it's kind of a it's an inspiring story on paper, but the movie just didn't work. Didn't Jennifer work. Lawrence quite good in it, and Bradley Cooper's fine in it, but like it just doesn't work. 
David O. Russell, though, I really like. I think he's a sleeper. He's great. Awesome and that's the director. last movie he's done is Joy. Yeah. And he hasn't, but I guess he's doing another one now. He's working okay, out with Christian because he also did The Fighter. That's right. Yeah. The Fighter, Three Kings. Yeah. Great. Both movie. great films. And even like, I really like I Heart Huckabees, or at least my last remember, remembrance of that film. They didn't really quite liking. work for me. I don't. It's been. Yeah. I saw it when it came out. Yeah. But I remember really liking that film. Um, but yeah, it didn't quite put off me. But American Hustle, I think, is. Yep. I probably like better than it. Sh- and it, it, like if you just kind of just go to the movies, I that was have, pretty good. if you want to have a good time, it's yeah. fun. But I think if you kind of really deep dive and like if we start, if we have ever had it for this show, I think we'd walk away probably, probably a little disappointed. Yeah. Um, but this movie though in particular though does work so well also because the simplicity of it. The stakes Super. are never, except for the end, the end bet. The stakes are never incredibly high. These no. are people just trying to get through the day. Yeah. Trying to make it work. And because of that, because you care about these performances and these actors so much, it works. It does work. The simplicity works. I also really like the way this thing is filmed. It's so um, off kilter. Um, the like the camera moves are kind of different than what what are, are unexpected. Yeah. Um, like uh, characters walking towards the camera, and the camera like zooms in right in. It's shit like that, which is or or you'll see like a lot of jerky movements. Um, a lot of it seems like hand, they handheld. Go to, anytime like, he's having like a meltdown, they go to the handheld. Yeah, exactly. And it creates this like shaky. And, and yes. as an audience, uh, when you're watching those, it's typically done. It's done in this case, in this film, to make you feel unease. Yeah. And it's like, all right, I, you know, you should feel whenever you're watching something on uh, on a handheld, you should feel that unsteadiness. Like uh, I don't feel right about that. Yeah. Um, or even unexpected things like uh, Jennifer Lawrence popping out from behind a tree to yes. join him on a run. Like the, just all these little surprising you know, moves all the time that, that, that make it off kilter. I, I felt like, and you know, this is, I would assume that most people did this whole thing could be a hallucination. Right. Especially the third act. Yeah. Um, so the third act, let's talk about that. Cause that, okay. that is kind of the, the thing people, uh, if you, people complain of this movie, it's typically that. Um, so, yeah. So Pat senior is a, like a, you know, he's a, a bookie. obsessive bookie and gambler. Yes. And he bets a ton of money apparently on, um, well, he, bet, he bets and loses a ton of money on the, was it the Giants game or the Giants uh, Philly game. versus Giants? Yes. He loses a bunch of money, but he does a parlay, double or nothing. If Which is a ridiculous part. The parlay they, is basically the Eagles have to beat the Cowboys. Right, Eagles have to beat, right. And Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence have to score a, a five, five at this dance or better in a dance competition. Right. Which is silly and stupid. I, I, I get it. But that's not, it, that, that's, and this kind of goes back to what we're talking about a little bit of heist. Like if you're focused on that, you're losing the journey. You're losing the movie. If you're so, because you, you will hear that, that thing. It's like no book this guy would never have taken that bet. Yeah. Well, like, I'm not enough in that world that I, I have no idea. Well, no, no one knows. The Cause, Cause what are you talking about? I, like, well, no, no, because like there are so many Deegan, like degenerate fucking gamblers out there that'll just bet on anything. It seemed like that. That's why it was believable. Be they, believable there for me. are, I mean, you know, I, I'll bet. I mean, I used to bet on guys. I remember being in the subway with my buddy. We bet on how many people get off at certain stops, you know, dollar here, a dollar there. Well, then dollar this isn't stop. so, but that's a dollar is different than we, 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 we don't, so how we don't know. It's like 20, probably 20 grand. Maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, knows? like, it's crazy. And there's no way that guy would take that bet. The Cowboys guy would take that bet because he doesn't know anything about this dance company. No, he doesn't like, know. He's never seen them dance. Yeah. He doesn't know the competition. He knows nothing I about mean, it. I mean, even at my worst with the gambling, yeah, I would never have taken that bet. No, probably not. Um, but I didn't have a problem with it. Like, it, it didn't, I didn't matter. Not, it didn't matter. It's, it's, you know, it's, I think, you know. If Could they have made it more believable? Probably. Maybe, but... Th- th- that's kind of part of the fun, awkward charm in this movie is that it's just kind of this silly thing. And it is kind of a way, a way to connect everything together. 
And at the end of the day, it's just about caring about these characters. That's yeah. what this movie is about. It is. Like you said, it's about heart. It's about, that's what this movie is about. Yep. It's not about that. Um, but that is a complaint that a lot of people have. Roger Ebert sides on our side of the fence, which is he sees this as kind of a modern classic. Um, it's it's just the the performances are so great, overpowers everything else. And yes. like I said, the way you're right, the way it's directed, even the use of like music in this film is fantastic. Oh, phenomenal. And the choices are great. Yes. There's Danny um, Elfman sort of um uh, like carnivalish music sometimes, yes. or there's you know the rock stuff and, and this is the first time I ever heard Alabama Shakes was in this movie. Yes. I heard that song and I'm like, oh my God. Yep. And I, I went and I immediately had to yep. find out like what album I could like I I I love like, that and that the album that came right after this is so good. Um, but no, I mean, everything in this movie, the way it, the way it looks, it feels so authentic. It's, it it's all shot on location in those Philadelphia suburbs. Yep. And you feel like you're there. Uh, and, but then but it's, there is that other element of criticism. And this is why it didn't win best picture really is because people feel that third act is too, you know, corny. It's not, it doesn't, it's, it's not like she's off in the, at the bar getting drunk before this thing, you know, trying to deal with the fact that she, this whole thing was spawned because of a lie, like her lying about giving uh Tiffany and, you know, a, a, a letter for him. And then, but then Tiffany shows up and I don't think that this, it didn't feel like that. It's that felt off kilter too. That whole night felt off. It, it, didn't, does. it didn't feel like a romance. It didn't, I didn't get those same weird vibes about rom-com rom-com vibes. I think too, the thing that kind of holds that third act together for me is Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, that's true. Too. When she realizes yeah. that the ex-wife is there. Yeah. She breaks down. She does, but she doesn't. It's all in her face. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she does at one point yeah. confront her, uh, her sister and says, what the fuck? Yep. But it's very honest and real. And then the rest of it's all in her face and it's, she's really good. And it is, and I think Jennifer Lawrence is a very good actress. Um, but she's never better, I think, than she is in that like five minute stretch. Yeah. Of when she realizes the, that the ex wife is there, I, I think. By breakdown, I mean she gives up. She's like totally this, gives I, up. Like I and fuck, you see, I and you see a crumble. You see the yeah. like, you know. And she's been a lot very confident throughout this film yes. too. Just very true to herself. She knows all the bad. She admits all the bad stuff about her, but she but she accepts herself the way she is. And she's the she's like the bullshit meter throughout the entire film. She cuts through the bullshit yep. with Bradley Cooper's character with pat senior with her own family with her own family her, it's like yeah. right direct Even let's get to the heart of the matter yep. exactly and and then her her bullshit fucking catches up with her and she gives up right it's amazing and you see it happen yep. in like real time like you see the facade slowly yep. break down and Just you see melt. that she is you know incredibly vulnerable like all of us are yeah and um but yeah, and, and the way that happens is is really well done. It's really well shot. It's just it's it's really good. This movie does everything it wants to do really well. And I love how fucking Bradley Cooper's character, Pat Jr. picks her up at her most vulnerable time. Like she's been picking him up the entire film. Yes. She's most vulnerable. She's going back into her old patterns of being a fucking slut, as she would call it. She's at the bar taking drinks from yep. some guy. You you, you think this, right. this is going to go to a place where he's going to take her home and she's just going to try to forget the world again. And he steps in right there and fucking has her back yep. and brings her back. She's doing, she did that for him for the entire film. I love that. I fucking love it. I, I'm giving this an A minus. Uh, this is, yeah, this is um, in the 90s for me. So yeah. it's in an A minus ish area. It's not, as I was looking at it, it won't hit it my, won't my, it's top my, five. It's, it's actually a, top 10 for top me. Top 10 for me as well. But it won't hit my top five. Right, yeah, same it's, here. It's a great film. I love this film. This this is a really good movie. Um, I really, I, I, I really enjoy be, hanging out with these people for a couple hours. Yeah. You know, like this, the, these characters, the, this, you know, I, I, you feel like you're in Pat Senior's living room. Like it just feels so real it and does. authentic. Even though the characters are at times, some of the supporting actors, they've reached that peak of wacky. 
Well, that's where but I think. But then they know it back. The script yeah, is so do. good it backs off. But it does. It does go almost there. I think they're always push, pushing the edge of whether this is a hallucination or not, and so that kind of happens. So you, I think you need to have. You need to have them go on the edge of wacky. Well, that's like Observe and Report. So Observe and Report is yeah, a movie I, we talk about a lot in this show. Have, you haven't seen that, right? I haven't have. hated it, but uh, but I know you love it, so I need to go back. It and might watch be it. my birthday movie. That that's might, fine. It might be what we do. I need to watch it again because uh, with new eyes. That, it has that has the uh, the inside track right now, but yeah. um, but it's but it's a movie that you could, it's about someone who's bipolar, but you're basically during that movie you are you feel like you're bipolar because it has huge ups and downs a lot of times for no real reason it's very it's very disturbing yeah. movie to kind of watch and get through um this i wanted that too by the end i'm like you know is this what it kind of feels like to have mental illness because you have these huge downs but then at the end everything ends almost so wildly happy that it's like is this possible well that's true and then you wonder what it's going to be like six months from now after you know kind of the initial love fest between lawrence and and uh and bradley cooper's characters kind of wears off like how but are they gonna, it, how it are does they gonna get have... better when he starts taking the meds which is it like, does it's he very starts to get clear when it gets yeah. it goes to shit when he stops taking his meds yeah this is the flip side of that yeah so it does it starts get, to get clearer it does yeah and it gets happier and, and it, hopefully that's what that's what happened well and you you do know that like so the real strength of uh, Dolores, the mom, Jackie Weaver's character, is so you could say that she's an enabler, but you could also say that she's the glue that held that family together. Like she figured out a way to make everything work as well as it possibly could, given the mental illness of everybody in the family. I mean, you know, the older brother's got mental illness too. Like he's, he's a fucking weird. Guy he's like too. an asshole. He's an asshole. He's a narcissist. Um, yes. There's some other stuff. I, I'm not yeah, quite, the way you know, he, like, we don't know, see him enough to know. At one point he has a conversation with Bradley Cooper and he just, Constantly reminds Brady Cooper of all the <laughs> good things so that he's mean. doing and all the bad things Brady Cooper's doing. Right. Right. And that's the whole, like, yeah. it's, it's like a whole like one minute conversation about just I'm that. I'm happily married. You've got no wife. You know, I'm going to be a partner at my firm and uh, you've got, you're you, know, you are a substitute teacher who's now unemployed. <laughs> he just does it in such a methodical, like very monotone way. It's so mean and cruel. And even Robert De Niro is like, you know, can <laughs> you stop can you saying sing? all the <laughs> shitty things? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like all the good things you're doing, all the shitty things he's doing. But that's what Dolores does. Bad. Like she's the glue in that family. She was able to operate within the this like really crazy construct and hold everything together pretty well. And so maybe that gives us hope that Bradley Cooper, you know, that, that Pat and, um, and Tiff will be able to, you know, coexist here forward. Maybe. And she's Jackie. Weaver's great. She's so in that good. role. She's which great. is a really hard role to, 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 to make work because Absolutely. you're right. If a different actress plays it, maybe you care better or less. Yeah. And then it becomes a different kind of movie. And but uh, so here's who she went up against uh, in the supporting actress. So Anne Hathaway won for Les Mis, which it's hard to not give it to Anne Hathaway. I have not seen that movie. Um, Amy Adams was nominated for The Master. Um, it's not memorable for me. I, I it's not one of my favorite. Uh, you no, know, I haven't seen it Anderson yet. films, and that's a movie that were was on a lot of people's top ten list of the decade. I thought it was okay. I haven't seen. I, I, I the only reason I haven't seen it is because I really want to be able to sit down and like watch it. Yeah, um, I probably should. Uh, because we may or may not be covering Boogie Nights soon. Um, what do you mean may or may not? We will be. We will be. Yeah. Boogie Nights. yeah, that'll be I was awesome. Trying, I was trying to be cute there. Yeah. Oh, it didn't work. It didn't work. Uh, Sally Field, <laughs> Ozami for Lincoln, which she's fine in that. Actually, I haven't seen that. I love Daniel Day-Lewis and I have not seen that oh, really? film. Because oh. I just don't care about, like I've, I know about Lincoln. He's, like, re- he's really good as Lincoln. I'm sure he's but, great. But it's not, you walk away from that movie, you're like, all right. Now I know. Yeah, like Lincoln. I know all this yeah. shit. Uh, Helen Hunt was nominated for The Sessions. 
Uh, uh. That was the movie where she um uh, plays an aide to like a paralyzed person, or I'm sorry, not paralyzed. I'm um, sorry, someone maybe ALS, I think. Yeah. And she's like having like I think has like sex with him. Like she becomes like a, but it also like builds a relationship. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Uh, and then Jackie Weaver for Civil Lines. So Jackie Weaver was never going to win this award just no. because I remember at the time Hathaway it was Halfway so Adams. Yeah. Um, but um, but it kind of put her on the map, and she she you know Oscar nomination for a middle aged woman is pretty good. I think she might have two at this point. I think she had another one too recent, more recently, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. She, she's really talented. Yeah. She's really good in this role. She, yep. she plays it perfect. She and never, she, she never goes too. her reactions are always believable. It's never too much, which absolutely. in a weaker actress, she would have gone way overboard. Like, what are you doing? Pat senior in her eyes, right in her. I saw years and years of, you know, of, of having to, of having to work on this family. Yeah. And just like the weight yeah. of that. But still, like the amount of heart and kindness that she had, like she had to develop a lot of empathy and kindness for the people. I, uh, so many people would have walked away from Pat Senior. He's like, a, you can tell he's an OC. You know, he got into fights at fucking Philadelphia at uh, at football games. He's OCD. You know, he's 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 harsh. Like so many people would have walked away from that, and she made it work. And they, they obviously love each other. Oh yeah. Oh totally. Uh, yes. She made that work. Yes, she did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, she she's phenomenal. The acting all around is phenomenal. Robert De Niro is phenomenal in this. I, yeah, let's talk. I just want to talk about Robert De Niro real quick because yeah. it's interesting to me. So I want to go through Robert De Niro's Academy Award nominations and wins, and then talk about this crazy drought that he's had. Um, so he was nominated. I'm sorry, he won for Best Supporting Actor of Godfather Two. Yep. Kind of put him on the map, like boom, like you know. Yep. He was in Mean Streets already, I believe. And then, yep. he, and then he was two years later. He's in this. Uh, Godfather Two, and then you know, then it's you know. That's off right. Yeah. So in 77, Bull, he, it's the, yeah, in so. 77, he gets nominated, does not win for taxi driver, which in hindsight is crazy. I forgot that he didn't win that. Uh, in 79, he's nominated, did not win for deer hunter. Yeah. But actually did who won from deer hunter? Someone won. Did Defoe win? Defoe was not in deer not hunter. Def, not Christopher Walken. Walken. Yeah. I don't know if he won. Yeah. I think he did. Uh, 81. He won for raging bull. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, right. Then he has a 10 year hiatus before not getting nominated. Gets nominated for Awakenings in ninety one. Yep. And gets nominated for Cape Fear in ninety two. Which all right, great. Should have, yeah. Doesn't get nominated again for twenty one years. Which is crazy because you think about no, he's in that time. It's like, you know, he's in Casino. He's in uh Goodfellas. Heat. Uh Goodfellas would have been before that, but he didn't oh, get nominated. That? But he didn't get nominated for Goodfellas. Fucked. But yeah, that would have been ninety, but Oh right. yeah, that's right. That's right. Um but he didn't get nominated for it though. Right. Which is crazy. Uh right. So you know, think about, you know, I know the Meet the Fockers. He wouldn't got nominated for those no, movies, no, no. but that's what happened to. We went kind of a comedy. Ronan direction. was good. Heat was good. Um, those were later. Those were mid nineties. Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, so it was Casino. Casino, um, right? And uh, at least Casino, you'd think. There, there are a few others too that he's he's pretty good. And so he got nominated for that. And then he hmm. uh, he didn't get. He got nominated again uh, last year, right? But for a producer for the Irishman, he didn't get nominated as an actor for the Irishman. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know. I'm not I, a bit, I, I know you're, I know you're, I, I, I know you like I that one. Like I thought it was, oh, everybody else does. It's really, hard to get past. It's hard to get past. It's so, I thought it's not bad. I, th- I thought he, I thought he was really good in that. I think that movie's really good. It's about aging. It just, it, I know. I, all right. Um, but yeah, so interesting. Yeah, if you're ever, ever watching a movie between 92 and now, you've only been nominated one, which is crazy. That does seem crazy. I, it's, that's nuts to me. So then Bradley Cooper is 0 for 8. Oh, fuck. Which is wild. So he, here's what he was nominated for. Um, American Sniper. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, let's, I want to go, go back. Excuse yeah. me. Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah. Got nominated for this. Lost. A year later, he's nominated for American Hustle. Yep. Lost. A year later, he's nominated for American Sniper and Lost. He also was nominated for Producer that year as well. 
So he got nominated for acting. Uh, he's only the 10th person in history to be nominated for three years in a row in an acting category. Really? Yeah. Wow. Pretty crazy. Um, and then in 2019, he's nominated three times for adapted screenplay, actor, and producer for Star is Born. Yeah. And that got... That, that got... And uh, he, didn't, he didn't win any of those. Got, and then we had... The, and we had the most nominations that year and only won one, one for best song. Well, this had eight nominations and only won one. Yeah. That's fucked up. Eh, it, it happens. I think, I think, uh, I want to say Stars Born had like over 10. I could be wrong. No, dude. And then he got nominated last year as a producer for Joker and Lost. Um, so yeah, he's Joker 0 for 8. Three me. of those, three out of 0 for 8 are producing um, nominations. Five? Five. Over 5 for acting and 0 for 3. For, it's still kind of, it's like, that oh man, sucks. I know. Yeah. No, he's very talented. He'll get his eventually. Yeah, he will. You know, Pacino, he keeps- all, Pacino famously didn't win until send of a woman. So I mean, right. No, he'll, he'll, he'll get his eventually, but that yeah, was I know. I don't. Yeah. That's a career achievement award. I, like I, wonder, that. I wonder if that will happen to Bradley Cooper. Where he'll for, get, he'll win suck. for a role that he, it isn't yeah. that great, but they feel like, Oh, we got to give it to him. Yeah. Could happen. Could 10 years from now, if he hasn't won or something and he's mid fifties. I know. Right. Yeah. I know. It's happened, but you know, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I have on this movie. If you haven't seen it, you should watch. It's a great film. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you want to, anything else on this one? That's it. So this is the Lumineers. Yes. Um, I've got like, I think I have unfair hatred for this band. Oh, Jesus. You are a joyless bitch. <laughs> I am not. You know me as full of joy, my friend. You're the one who's bitchy more than time. Don't you think? I don't think, do we, don't you think that you're think bitchier I, than me. I, I think I'd like, be more positive about things than you have in the show. Think, I think in terms like in my life, I think you're the only person I met who's like slightly bitchier than me. That's not true. Because I, I, I have so much love in my heart besides I my bitchiness. I've been more positive in this show than you have. I've liked more things so? than you have in this show. Absolutely. We'll have to check the tape. I, I don't know. Um, well, all right. So, and part, part of it is like self-loathing for this song too. So we'll, let's just start there. Um, there are part, there. I actually have, this song makes me feel certain ways. Like this makes me feel the loneliness and loss and melancholy and isolation that it's meant to evoke. It does that. And I hate myself for it. It really, it's this fucked up thing. Like there are certain songs that make me feel a certain way. And I know that they're trying to do it. Um, it's, it's very like open the, like the musical tricks that they're using in order to get me there. And it does get me there and I hate myself for it. And I end up hating the song for it. That's where we're at. It's, it's, it's this weird situation with me. That's I have, weird. That's strange. Um, but there's also another situation where I know I have a little bit more, uh, intimate awareness of them because my buddy Poochie was, uh, on tour with them when they oh. first broke, he was the, um, uh, it was like, I think it was his first major tour. Poochie does, you know, he's been on Bob Dylan. He's been on uh, just a, a bunch of stuff. Uh, uh, Wiz Khalifa. He was the, um, the front of house guy. Weird Al he was on for a while. He's, uh, Poochie's a very talented guy, uh, in general. He's sort of a Renaissance man. Very, very, very smart guy. Excellent engineer. Um, so I think he was a system tech for this, for this tour. Uh, so they broke like 2012. Uh, okay. So what happens is, um, the Lumineers formed in 2005, two, uh, buddies, um, Schultz and, um, who's the other guy Schultz and poopy face Schultz and Frady's in Denver. 
And they are trying to like make shit work for 10 years, basically for, you know, or less than that, like eight, eight or nine years. Mm -hmm. They, um, get to New York, they record a few songs and this song, um, Ho Hey hits on a CW show. Okay. Like Prairie's heart. Or I can't remember the show. Right. I, I don't watch CW. Come on. Um, and that thing goes viral. And so then they, then the, they're like, they're build they build a tour around it. Their album, uh, you know, the, the song sells 8 million copies. The album sells a bunch. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. song hits number three album hits number two on the top 200. So that rise is when you insert my buddy Pucci into their tour. Like they're spinning up their tour Yeah. and the way they're spinning. So it, you think about it, like in terms of what a band is, but it, if it goes viral and big like that so fast, think about the infrastructure in place that you do not have. Like your manager is probably some kid. Right, right, Like your right. record company yeah. is an independent label. Like you don't have a tour manager who's like experienced. They're all new people. And so when Pucci was on this tour, it was a fucking shit show. Like the band, like the band's not even professional. Yes, they've played shows, but they don't know how to tour. Like right. they don't know how to do a hundred shows in 300 nights. Sure. Um, they don't know what that takes. They're, they don't, they're not used to you know, the, the organizational structure to put that in play. And they, and they didn't help matters at all, really. Like they were doing things. They were, they were even putting their like livelihood in danger. Like they would be going out there. They're hippies. They're playing shows bare feet on stages that probably have, you know, nails sticking out or whatever. They'll walk into the audience. Um, you know, they're probably shards of glass everywhere or they're either, they're, they, they just, and they, they thought it was a good, like intimate experience with their fans, which in some ways it is, but then in other ways, like it's just, you're just putting the whole system at risk. Not just your band, everybody that's now employed because of the explosion of your band, you're putting at risk by right. doing these stupid kid things. Um, or they'd say like, oh, uh, they would get bored because their songs are boring. Like their song, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a piano, it's a, it's a guitar player, it's a, in a few singers and the cellist who came in afterwards. I can't remember her name, but she came Yeah, in. she's off the band since. She but, did, like yeah. 2018. Um, but it's kind of a cool story with her. Like they, 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 they put an ad in Craigslist and was like, Hey, we're looking for a cello player. And she was younger. I think they were 27, 28 at the time. She was like 23. And she's like, hmm, I just got my music degree. Maybe I'll do something kind of fun. She goes out auditions for the band. They like her. And now she's, you know, Become playing cello in the band yeah. and, and like singing with them and stuff. That's a cool, that's yeah. a cool story. But, um, but yeah, but there's not a lot to their songs. So I think there's, there's nothing. So, the songs are boring. Yeah. But so that, but they would do stuff like, uh, maybe let's, can we add a kazoo like in for this show? And so then that would make you, when you do that, that ripple effects through your, your crew where they got to figure out what's the right microphone that can mic it. How do we get it to them on stage for where they are? And they could be all over the place. Cause they like to run around the stage, um, in their bare feet. So like, how do we get it to them? Make sure that it sounds okay. It doesn't feedback all over the place. There's like all this organizational things or uh, technical things that need to happen when you make decisions like that. So they were, they were doing stuff very immature on their tour. And then these motherfuckers go four years without releasing another album. Yeah. So they basically like on their rise, they get burned out and then the whole machine gets shut down and people like my buddy lose a job because of it. I mean, he, you know, he was, he was working for another company that, that put him somewhere else. Right. But, but like you, when you spin up, you know, a crew of maybe 20 or 30 people to support you touring and you've got like a number one song and you've, you know, like you, you have to think about the repercussions of that uh, when you, when you bail for four years. See, I don't, I don't blame it all. Okay. I'll, I'm not blaming them all, all I on totally, that, but, right. but you see that that's the side that I'm coming them from. Them act, them <clears throat> not, you know, being easy to deal with or maybe 
putting, like I said, putting themselves at risk yeah, a little bit right, right. for a tour. That is not, that's not professional. That's not, that's not super great. Taking time off between records. I have no, that's your fucking, don't put out shitty record. Don't, don't put out a record just to feed. Cause a lot of people will do that. Like, well, I have, I have some people, you know, I had to put out now shitty music that I don't really care about just to rush something through. That's true. I, like I said, my, my feelings for them are, are irrational. Do you like Mumford and Sons? It's nope. the same fucking thing. Nope. Don't like them. Oh, you, I think they you suck. probably wouldn't like this anyway. Then. They're, they're the same. They're the same to me. me like too. It's, it's the same, like, like they're, you know, um, ultra em, like emotional songs. Kind of, it's arcade fire for me too. It's me like, too. Yeah. it's the same kind put, of like, I not these guys, Mumford, arcade fire and of monsters and men all in the same bucket. Yeah. Arcade fire, the best of those four by far. Okay. But I put all in the same bucket and I love all of them. So I, okay, so all of those bands I don't like. Actually, the, the other monsters, did you say? Oh, Monsters and Men? I don't think I know them. Um, They're probably least known of those four. Okay, I, the name They're sounds more familiar. on the Arcade Fire sound, a bit more like electronic stuff being yeah, used. Yeah, I should check them arcade, out, though. I mean, uh, Mumford and Son and Lumineers are very similar in sound. Yeah, for sure. Very acoustic-driven, yes. you know, kind of um, Americana style. Yes. But, um, but, the, so, but the, that style I don't have a problem with. Like, this is the best of that style. What is this? Fleet Foxes? Oh, yes. This is boring to me. I don't like them. You're nuts. I'm nuts. This is... They are... I don't like them. Phenomenal. I try to like them, too. I don't like them. This album is phenomenal. Yeah. This bores me. See, there's, there's nothing Mumford boring about them. Mumford and Sons and um, don't bore me. This bores me. Oh, you need, you need overacting in your bands. You need over-emotive, over-expressive. You need mm. a cartoon band in order to excite you. I see. Yes, I see yes, how it is. Exactly. Yes. Uh, no, <laughs> no they're, they are the refined version, the better writer's <sighs> version of that, of, of that whole thing. And I find Fleet Foxes extremely emotional. I think it's funny band. that the band you like, you know, four people have heard, and the band I like Oh, no, is, no, no. They've is, sold. Ha- oh, comparatively? Oh, yeah. They, they've outsold the Lumineers. Absolutely. 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 We're talking about them on the show. Never, Free Fox is never going to come oh, no, on the we'll show. Get, we'll, 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 How? Yeah. Yeah, no, they never had a top 100 song, have they? Yes, they. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're, on the pop charts? Yeah. They were huge. When? I mean, um, so they, so they had a similar thing where they, they went years in between um, between albums, too. I, but this album was huge. I always knew Free Foxes is like Grizzly Bear, kind of these like obscure. No, no, Grizzly Bear is. I love Grizzly Bear, too. Love um, okay. Vaketimist. Oh, my God. Vaketimist is a top 10 album for me. But uh, no, they are extremely obscure. Fleet Foxes is, was big. I put them in the same bucket. Too nah, they're big. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, we, we can use popularity as the measure of, no, uh, we should. of a band. But I, guess, I, 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 just thought, I just thought it was funny <laughs> that, that one had more success than potentially the other one did. But. Yeah, because people are dumb and have terrible taste. <sighs> I still don't care. We don't like Arcade Fire. That to me, that really, that, they're so bad. Um, they're they are so awesome. They, they're like one of my favorite bands. So they write three chord songs that are not in a, there's nothing to them. Like they could just be any, you know, any, they're vanilla. Like it's, it's, it's contrived emotionalism. It's there's no, there's nothing behind it. It's this one level of, yeah, it's this one level. Plus how, they're, they're how communists. Much you, how much do you hate your music degree? Um, like, like how, how much, much do I, are you like, he's ripped so much joy in your life where you can't not, like, you know what I mean? Like it was before that. It was always before that. I always wanted to know the nuts and bolts of how to make it work. But if you, but any great composer wants that Beethoven wanted to know that I'm not comparing myself to Beethoven, but you want to, you want to know why like it may like, the communicative tool. Like it's just like any writer wants to know how to craft the language. They want to know grammar. They want to know structure that you have, like you want to, um, because that's the best, because if, 
because if you know it in and out, you can communicate it better. All I wanted to do is communicate my music as to my best of my ability. And so knowing those things helps me to do that. And knowing those things helps me to understand what they're trying to tell me. And the Lumineers are trying to tell me that they're fucking immature idiots. <sighs> Who, who just don't like her. It's like the emotional, it's like a spastic emotional equivalent. It's just, it's, it's, it is, it's the, it's fantasy of, of, of music. So <laughs> one, I have to admit my own bias about this song. Okay. Okay. So about this band. So yeah. these guys, I mentioned like, um, this is not too bad Arcade Fire because I've liked them for many years. Yeah. yeah. But the other three, uh, Obnoxious Men, Mumford and Son and, and Lumineers all were popular on the same time. So it's 2011, to like 2013 right sure. and that was a really just good time in my life so i just met my first wife and then we moved in together and then we moved to new york city and like i listened and all this just, like opportunity was happening all this stuff was happening yeah. was, you know it's probably like the you know the most exciting time in my life was probably that that span just sure. because like going to new york was this big move for us and and we were really you know just having a great time i was making pretty good money it was just a really fun exciting time yeah uh you know it was before the you know the marriage kind of went went to ship that one Glimmer, yes, there were some real cracks in foundation even then, but you know, all the excitement of... I get it, yeah. You know, all can, this new, cool stuff. Pass, right. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity and... Right, yeah, and just like all the excitement of New York. And just when, yeah. when you first move to New York, probably not now, but if you move to New York when it's not a pandemic, it is just like intoxicating. It's almost like, it's, it's just... It's very exciting. It's almost like, yeah, you're yeah. high on, yeah. on the energy of and all the stuff you... like. You know, we live in New Hampshire now. We're both older now. But I remember being in my 20s, though, being like, man, there's nothing to do. And in New York, you, there's literally too much to do. Yeah. Like, every weekend, there's, like, five things that were awesome you didn't do just because you didn't you didn't have time to do them. Um, so, you know, take that whole experience. And like I said, almost like I was almost, like, high all the time for, like, two years straight because I was, I was loving being in New York so much that um, these things, I have just, I hear this music, I almost kind of, like, smile because I remember being in the subway. Yep before I hated the subway, I remember like, you know, walking around, I was working on wall street. I wasn't working in finance. I was, that's where my office was. It was just kind of an exciting place just to be. You see yeah. like, all this, you know, all this energy and stuff. Of course, and, yeah. and I just remember like walking around and listening to these guys or being at my, my apartment, which was tiny and small, but just like, you know, enjoying this music. So I do have like really fond memories. And because these guys to me, I don't listen to Lumineers anymore. I know they put out two albums, one Ophelia. And yeah, then, the next one was uh, was was um, was a pretty big album. It had more hits on it. I know that like two or three um, singles from that. And they just put an album last year too called th- yeah, three. three. Yeah, and like I, I, I almost feel like that phase or whatever that was, like that fad in music, kind of somewhat of grunge, I guess, in a way, but just a smaller window. Once it closed, it's like oh, okay, I enjoyed that. I, I kind of move on. I don't, I don't, I don't really long for. No, you know what I mean. I, I don't go Amar- and play Americana, this like kind of yeah. like I almost call it like fast paced Americana. It's yeah. kind of how I just sure. pigeonhole it. Other than Arcade Fire, which I do still listen to, but those other three bands I really don't listen to anymore. And it's but it's almost like I think of them, like I think of that time, and it's like oh, I was having a, I was really happy. It was a really happy year or two for me. A lot of people like Arcade Fire. A lot of um, people that I care about and friends, including you, like Arcade Fire. And um, I equate it. Do you know that's the album? Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the In, in an Airplane Over the Sea. Um, what the hell is that? Uh, that's the album. I'm trying to think of the the. I'll, I'll come back to it. But there's a there's a specific band who I equate I equate with Arcade Fire. Who again, like all my friends, like and I fucking can't stand it. Um, I put them in the same book. I'll, 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 I'll that the album is In an Airplane Over the Sea. It's about Don't know what that is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. You'll probably love it. So, but to recap, <laughs> to recap, I am a ra- I irrationally dislike this song. 
and irrationally. I probably, I probably on some level, on some level, yeah. I irrationally like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe more than I should. It's like, it's not, it's actually not bad. I just have hatred for it because of those things that I mentioned earlier. The other thing too is I want to mention too, is that, so during this time I'm in New York and when you're in New York, everyone's young. Like there's no old people in New York, really. I mean, right. Everyone's like young. So you hear like, and because you're, there's no cars, you're kind of like, you know, you're walking everywhere. So you're walking by stores. Everyone has a radio going, whatever. And almost everybody's listening to like top 40. It's just, it's just yeah. how it goes in New York. Yeah. Um, and it's all like newer stuff. And like, this was a really good time in pop music because like this song, it, it, whether you like it or don't like it or whatever, it's different than, than like, like, than, like yes. the pop music we covered in the nineties. Absolutely. Where it's all like ballads. It's like, oh, gross. Like I'm so tired of yeah. Ray Carey or whatever ballads or Bette Miller or ballads. Like this is at least different. Totally. This isn't Celine Dion. Right. No, and, I agree. And there's a lot of that. You had like a new Kanye album it was like Pete Kanye. You had this stuff. So I felt like if you put on pop, like I remember like just walking through New York, Manhattan or Queens and just like hearing just like so many different kinds of music, but it was all like still top 40. That's like the last time it's been down. It's a lot more homogenous now on the top 40 or the, the top hundred. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's all, yeah, it's all like hip hop and, yeah. and sort of like this blend of hip hop and R and B. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's all, it's it's all it is. Yeah. If you look at the top 10, it's all that. I mean, every once in a while you'll see like a Billy Eilish pop in who has a different sound. Yep. But other than that though, it's all like the weekend who's, who's fine, but like it's all stuff like the weekend. The weekend could have every single song in the top 10. You'd be like, okay. I actually really love the weekend. They're fine. <laughs> I have no, I have no real issue with them, but Star, every band, uh, what is it? Star fucker or, I'm a motherfucking star. Oh, star boy. I love that song. So good. They're, they're fine. Yeah. But, but every single, every single top yeah, is they, them now. It's that, more it's or that less. Stuff. That genre. Yeah, right. Where in 2012, 2011, 2013, you actually had a pretty, you did have a variety, which is kind of cool. I think that'll come back. I mean, I think so too. Yeah. More, more, it's more about the technology. It's like the, you know, more people can create music now and it's a lot easier to distribute it now than it was. So I, th- I think it'll like, and it's hard to sell it there too. In the flip it side. Is. Yeah. So it has, some problems too. right and maybe hard, harder to calculate too because i'm wondering if actually more people listen to certain things that are not hitting the top 100 or the top 40 just because the of billboard course. would have a hard time like calculating if it's not on spotify or if it's you know the uh, other alternative or like is it outlets easy to qualify now because it's streaming well that's that's my question like is Apple what and- but if what people aren't using maybe i don't know i'd have to look and see if people are using platforms that are not being calculated by by billboard that would well, be my sure. question i mean i doubt um billboards tracking youtube Right, and exactly. a lot of people get their music from YouTube. Totally. I mean, I get my music from Apple Music. I would. I don't. Do you Spotify? I usually Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and those are probably those are two probably, most normal. Yeah. But yeah, the, right. There's got to be a million ways that yep. music's being distributed and heard that Billboard has no idea. Shout out to to Audius actually, which is a um, it's a decentralized platform for streaming audio that I just put our music on, which is a totally different way of doing it. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, there's like there, there there's way more options now. So you wonder what's being calculated mm. and how it's being calculated. So. And we don't know because I'm not sure that Billboard they might they might list it. I, I should just check in our membership and just say, hey, these are the outlets that we're getting getting this information from, and maybe we would know. Maybe hmm. we would know. But I think um, if they start, if they are not now, and they are fairer in the future, calculating from you know thousands the thousands of sources that there are, we're going to start seeing some genre shifts. I think. Which would be good. This will not crack my top five. Fuck no. All right. She's right, or right. my bottom five either. I mean, but it's still it's probably in the bottom third for me. Um, definitely top third for me top third definitely okay should we move on yeah where okay. are you so um, this is burrito liberation front so oh ooh. Um, I'm not going to go into the backstory of the restaurant too much because we'll cover that at another t- another time but uh, the quick backstory is that uh, when my wife Barbara and I moved back from California we were like what the fuck are we going to do and she had this like 
nostalgic want of, or nostalgic um, feeling about certain places that she used to visit when she was back home in Brazil, um, like cafes that her her buddies would like get together in a lot. The way that they sort of get together in Brazil is a lot different than like we're very schedule oriented. Like, oh, hey, I'm going to go see this buddy on this day. No, they're very um, like they'll call each other up and be like, hey, are you what are you doing right now? Do you have do you have time to go get coffee? And it'll be yes or no. And that, that's how they get together. They don't ever schedule it. So they mm. would they would sort of meet up always in these types of places. So she wanted she was like she wanted to 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 build this type of place cafe. We ended up turning it into sort of a hybrid. It was more I knew a, like a coffee shop or cafe wasn't going to work. Um, so we, we kept it very simple, but it was still a restaurant. Now, February is notoriously the worst month in restaurant. Um, and at this time, Barbara hadn't been back home for a while. So she was going to go home in February. Um, cause you know, our numbers would always be down anyway. It just made sense. I could take care of it, but I was like, hmm. especially in New Hampshire, in New Hampshire too, and, and like, new market where yeah. we were, which is a small town. It's and hard like, to get, like, I, it's where I live and it's hard to get parking. It's like, it, it is. Yeah. It, even when the weather's good, but when they do, Sometimes they do kind of a lousy job plowing the, the main street. And that was one of the worst for snow that year. We got like feet and feet yeah, of snow. It was it was crazy. So yeah. parking was a bitch. It was hard to get in and out of there. I loved our space and I loved being in Newmarket, but it, it wasn't like Newmarket downtown is great tough, uh, in the uh, yeah. spring, like uh, late spring, yeah. summer, fall. The winter being downtown, you just kind of, you run from store to store. It's just, it's just tough. Yeah. Um, so quaint. Like if you're not familiar with it, it's, it's one of those quaint New England towns that are just so friendly and and uh the it's just this little main street whatever so but um so i'm like okay barbara's gonna go go away for the month of february what the fuck can i do to like get some people in here and so i concocted this idea of a roving band of um burrito <laughs> burrito chefs <laughs> who would <laughs> go from place to place um violently take not violently, but yeah use force to take over the restaurant and serve burritos to, and they, these are the burrito spread, this is the, the no this is a burrito liberation front okay. okay um and yeah and so their goal is just to spread their love of burritos you know one restaurant take over to time whatever how so, did you think of this idea? Like, where, where, where does this happen? Like, this because this idea is, is I'm is brilliant. Ridiculous. Do well, you not know that I'm brilliant? It's, it's a ridiculous idea. But like, <laughs> where, but like, do you, are you just like in the shower? Are you like, just like, walking around? You're I don't like, remember so long ago. But yeah, yeah I mean, my <laughs> my my, my brain comes up with crazy ideas all the time. <laughs> okay, I just try to keep most of them away from you. Good, please do. <laughs> but I'm like, so but but, this isn't about. I will I will attest, Matt. Matt exactly right. February, if you're not from New England, February in New Hampshire, especially like a downtown. It doesn't have a lot of parking. It's impossible. It's impossible. I mean, it's just like, it's just, it, you know, it's, 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 it's just so hard, but think of the levels here. It's like this blend of reality and game and like game. And this is the memes that, that sort of, um, popped up for, by doing this. I yeah. thought it was really cool. So, so we released a manifesto to the press before it went out. Like, um, you know, from our, our, our head chef, um, I think it was El Jefe, I don't know, um, who releases manifestos saying we're going to come to New Hampshire and take over a restaurant, whatever, and they published it. And then, you know, we're not going to tell you, oh, it's going to be on February 1st and and whatever. And then we had this, like, the night before it went live. So we had we did a, a full new, um, it was all burritos, a full new menu. Um, the night before, we repainted all the inside of the restaurant with this big, like, mural saying uh, burrito liberation in it. We changed our outside sign, the decor, everything got changed the night before it went live. And then we had a, bu- a huge media push that happened day of you did where there was, yes, uh, there was a write up in the paper, which I, I still I, I have read in New York. Did you read I it in New York? York? I'm like, what is Corrado doing? This is crazy. <laughs> I'm like, I, I remember thinking actually though, it's, it's probably a pretty good idea. Cause I just know how it is, you know, 
like it's just so hard in, in February in the market. But it worked. Like we got that first day that we opened, we got completely overrun with business wow. that um, we sold out of our food mid afternoon. Like we had nothing left and I had to like kick people out the door and like lock it and shut it. And we like the whole, it was like sort of the end of a dance number where we're all like, we all breathe like <sighs> after the day. And it continued like that. Like we got huge numbers um, for that month. And uh, it was just, it was just fun. And like, oh, I gave, we did. I took pictures of Barbara like tied up. Like, yeah. <laughs> like we, we made it look like she was kidnapped. And so we were giving status updates of her throughout the month. And just, it was just a lot of fun. Okay. So you guys thing. are a huge February, huge February. So then Barbara comes back in March. What do you guys, do you guys go back to your old way? Or do you guys keep it? We didn't go back because we're like, maybe this is what the people want. And it did well, but then just, it did well, but not enough that it, it was more about like, we got tired of the lifestyle. It yeah. was just overbearing to be, to own a restaurant. is like so much fucking work, particularly if it's small and you know, Barbara and I are doing most of it. She did a little, it was a lot on her actually. Um, cause she did most of the, like the cooking and we, we, um, at some point we'd, we'd hired people. So even during bre- the breeder liberation, um, part, like I think I had maybe four or five employees in there during that month and, and we kept it on and it just, it just became not fun anymore. And so we closed it down, but it, but it, that was like one of my favorite sort of marketing yeah. moves I've ever done. Cause I thought it was super creative it and like fun. Super, it was cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, like that's it. There was an article in a paper about it. And like, I remember, I remember being in New York reading. I'm like, what is, what is happening? <laughs> over there? But it was like, it's just cause like, what else you can do? Like sit, sit in your hands for a month. Like you might as well do something. Dude, I would go and take a swing. Why not? Take a swing. I would go people. And, uh, I don't know that it was really being done, but people do pop up restaurants now. Like I'll see, I'll see that from time to time. I don't think I'm not saying that I started that, but that was, that was kind of like the idea. You see like, it more. I saw it more in New York. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would hear, I would imagine in more urban areas. You'd see that. I think a lot like of people, more places here, landlords say, Hey, I want to have like a lease and something, you know, really and also think there's like more like, regulations with Ansel. Well, you probably know all those, all the kind yes. of, yes. Oh, exactly. Fire, yep. uh, it's a little bit more relaxed in New York. Cause in New York, you can have a bar, but you don't need to serve food. So Different can, than New Hampshire. Yeah. Right. So there, I think it's a little bit looser with some ways in New York than, yeah. th- than it is here. But it's fun. Like I would go into our supply shops and be like, and, and, uh, and it would come up or something like, Oh, I need this new thing. And like, Oh, that's not normally what you get. I was like, well, we just did this, you know, burrito liberation front. And they'd be like, your burrito liter-? Like, you know, that type of thing was fun around the community. Okay. Little celebrity, little celebrity status. Yeah, that's cool. That's a, that's a fun, yeah. fun idea. So that's what we were doing, and I'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more about the restaurant as uh, as. Yeah, I feel like we haven't. Uh, I was just thinking about um, when I was thinking of the personal story I'm going to tell on on Saturday. It's like, man, we haven't done much in this decade. I feel like we've done a lot of 80s, yep. 90s, and a lot of like high school and college stuff. Yeah. But I feel like we haven't really touched on like our adult lives very much. No, and what's the most modern? Uh, we did 2000, 2013. 2013. Yeah, I don't think we've, we've gone never even, gone. Yeah, and a lot's happened. Since I know then. it's been seven years. I know. I don't know, but that's strange. And yeah, um, and okay. we're going back to the nineties next week too. So yeah, we are. I know. Um, we need to do a headlines. Let's do headlines. Good news. We have a milk Dudley weather report. Woo! That is good news. That is not thrilled. Um. So here, so we're in February of 2013. Yep. So, um, as much as a blizzard hit the Northeast, like a legit blizzard, um, for yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I know. Yeah, this, this is like, we got crushed. This was bad. Yeah. yeah. Hit, hit, uh, this area and hit Canada. Cause was, this was even in the headlines. Um, when I was looking up stuff, as much as 40 inches of snow yeah. dropped in three days in Hamden, Connecticut, 
30 inches in Portland, which yeah. isn't super far from no, us. No, but it was something like it was something it was over three feet we got, I yeah, think, in Newmarket. 24, it was crazy. 24 inches of snow in Boston and 30 inches in Portland. So yeah. know, I'm sure we got hit pretty hard here. Uh, gusts of six, 76 mile power winds in Boston. So you have yes, all this snow and that's the winds. Right. Oh man, all this, all the snow uh, quickly sublimed to a dense fog in some areas. I think he's writing this to tell his joke here, which was quickly attributed to the absolute smoke show put on by Jennifer Lawrence and movie theaters. We didn't spend enough time talking about how hot Jennifer Lawrence is in that movie. Actually, I don't find her that attractive. Oh my I God. think she's pretty enough, but uh, pretty she's, enough. she's all right. She's pretty enough. Yeah, she's not really, I don't find her attractive. I, I don't, she's not, not my type. But that's okay. What's a dumber take by you today? The uh, not liking the Lumineers or not thinking Jennifer Lawrence is pretty? And I wonder. Uh, we should do a poll. <laughs> no, that's, that's, not a poll. <laughs> that's not a. That's not a good poll for me. No, uh, it's not a good poll. <laughs> I'll, 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 we'll stay. I'll, 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 I'll give you a mulligan. Yeah, on that no, idea. no, she's 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 not my type. That's uh, eh. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's fine. Like I don't. It doesn't. No, I think she's pretty, but she's yeah. just. I'm not. Yeah, uh, that's fine. She's she did great. So many jokes I want to tell right now. I'm standing from all you of them. Could, you should tell one. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you get in trouble. I'm going to get, no, I just, she, uh, no, I'm not going to. Nice. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, what, 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 are we, what are we doing next? Oh, Argo doing next. There's not, yeah. There's no pretty women in Argo, Isn't right? Isn't there? I don't know. Is there? I think there his is. wife's in, or he, doesn't he have a wife in the film? Yeah, maybe there is. I don't remember. Um... February third, uh, Ravens beat 49ers in the Super Bowl. All right, this is their. This is uh, what's his face's only win. Um, uh, Joe Flacco, Flacco. Yeah. yeah, and he beat uh, Colin Overrated. Kaepernick. That's right. Yeah, uh, too bad for Colin. Like, that was Colin one of his best years. That was probably his that best was year. His in the yeah, Super Bowl. he did. They did go a- NFC Championship. I believe the year before as they well. They did. But, yeah. Um, and that was who's a co- that was uh, starts with H. Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Yeah. Who's now the coach of uh, Michigan? Who I want to coach the Jets. My oh, that would be way d- better. My dream is way better they go the and give him a ten-year deal, give him whatever he wants. Yep. They should. He's a good give, coach. And give him, give him the keys to, to the car and be like, hey, look, you're in charge of all... Po- give him Belichick's deal. He got the absolute Do best want. out of Kaepernick. And, and then I Knowing his skill set. And he, he's good He's good at coaching defenses, or at least he was to the Niners, like, or whatever. That's, yeah. that's a whole thing. I, that's that's my dream, is just give him 10 years, $100 million. There you go. Here's the keys to the car. Just do it. Just do it. Do yeah, he'll, you do. he'll do a good job. But that's not going to happen. No. I guess he's in Michigan until like the end of next year. You could always buy the contract, whatever. It's very, he, wants, very, he likes college though. He, I mean, he could have stayed in the NFL. The, oh yeah. It and was he's dumb. had opportunities to leave too. And, and like, I, since he's been with Michigan, he's been, had the opportunities to come back to the NFL and he's. See, I remember all that stuff because, um, cause I was in, in um, California for a lot of like, there yeah. were like four different head coaches for the 49ers in a row yep. and, and to Harbaugh and that didn't end well. But I think that was a man, like that was definitely a manager. It's not cause he didn't do a good job. It's, it was like a difference in opinion right. management wise. He's also mercurial. He is, which is, but he's also very smart and like, he's the best he out there. It's yeah. very frustrating to me about the Jets. I'm, yeah. I'm very upset. Sorry about that. Uh, Beyonce did the halftime show with destiny's child. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember that. It's I remember, yeah, I remember her and Destiny Child getting I together really like, again. I like Destiny Child, honestly, but uh, I don't remember that. Uh, power outage in the third quarter, suspended play for 34 minutes. Oh, yeah. And that was that's kind of known as the Blackout Bowl. Yeah. Because of that reason. Where did they play that? I forget now. 13. That's a good question. Yeah. I forget. That wasn't the first year in in Dallas, was it? I don't when they think first so. Opened. Dallas had a blackout too, didn't they? But it was shorter, I think so, right? Yeah. This was this was uh, yeah. before that. Okay. Um, definitely before that. Uh, February fifth, the post office says they will stop first class mail delivery on Saturdays. And I just wanted to get your opinion. What do you think about the, what's your take on the post office? 
You, that's a loaded question. Yeah, I know, that should I be privatized. I mean, giving, the yeah, problem I'm is, giving, I'm giving you. A here's the issue: here. is um, it's illegal for uh, private companies like DHL and FedEx to um, to do first cl- first class mail. So that that's an issue because now you've got a monopoly from the the post office and there's no competition there. So they there's like no drive to to do like a better job. Part of the reason why they can't too is because they are federally mandated to um, only to deliver mail at the same rate, no matter how far it goes, which is inane like it doesn't make any sense that the cost to send mail from here to california is the same as it is for me to send it to actually somewhere else in new market like that makes no sense like it needs to be pricing based on distance distance and if it's a privatized situation that's what you would have be it's not a pain in the ass at all i gotta give a bill to this guy i gotta build that guy and i gotta find an extra stamp to do to give the bill it should should be all digital anyway like you can just like put a fucking stamp on that that's not hard to do there's a way there are mechanisms in place that you can automate that in a smart way which is what pretty much all the private companies can do they just can't do it for first class mail because it's illegal that's fucking dumb and they lose money and the post offices it's a net negative they lose money every single year in the hundreds of millions so it doesn't work doesn't so you, work. you want to privatize all of it? Of course I do. I disagree with that. Here's what I want to do. Leave it alone. It's the post office. Who cares? Because they... I, 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 I can't get Because your taxes are paying for it. I'm fine with going to the post office. No, no, no. That's no. It's not about going Getting, to the post office. Your taxes are paying right, for it. Right, you're going their, to the post office. I have no problem with my taxes going to help the post office. I'm okay with that. But it's, it's like an extra appendage. You don't need it there. There are so many other... Like the private sector does this well. They, they do it well. They do okay. I, no, work, the, I work at UPS a lot in my jobs. Like especially when I worked... My last job, like oh, I shipped a lot of stuff and shit gets yeah, busted. But the problem up. is, the problem is they're a monop- The post office is a monopoly. They have a monopoly over that service. So they're, so the other private companies are operating on the fringes. They're only dealing with packages, the right. specialty things, like yes. things that have to sure. happen overnight or across the world or whatever. Larger so, packages. Yeah. yeah. So they can't, they, there's no way to flourish. You're, you're competing against a fucking monopoly. Like you, you can't, that, that, that doesn't work. So you want to have like UPS also handle like our mail mail. Yeah, and then you get to choose which cert because you would have the problem is when you have a monopoly, it also butts out all the competition. So, um, so what's going on is like because they, they can't go out of business, so it's an un- unfair advantage. The post office can't go out of business; they right. can operate at a loss. So you're not having like little startups trying to compete against them. If if it were private, if mail were privatized, you have a ton of startups trying to make it better, tons of them. Because it, it's, it's this sounds like so much extra mental it work. Is not at all. To mail a letter. All I want to do is mail the letter. You'd have services pay, that I pay fifty cents, whatever it is, with the fucking stamp is to mail so, the letter. Then you'd have a service that offers that for you for peace of mind. Just pay fifty cents anywhere in the world or anywhere in the country. You'd have services that would come. You could still but who's do that. Pick up my letter. Here's the, the problem. The mail lady comes to my mailbox and picks up the letter. No, you just choose the service that you want. What What's going on is right now we have a one size fits all solution for everybody. I usually like one size fits all. That's good. Yeah, uh, it's because you're. You know, you're not as smart as you claim to be. That's the problem. <laughs> no, no, because you, you would that option would still exist. What I'm saying is that option would exist. It's, it's, I'm, I'm for convenience. That option for convenience would exist. It's just it would be a you would get to choose. It wouldn't be fucking guys with guns stealing your fucking uh, tax dollars, taking your money, you gun, stealing your fucking that's, taxes. That's, that's what a monopoly is. It's a bad argument. It's a monopoly on force. No, it's, no, but that's 100% what it is. You sound crazy person everybody else no. out there. No, Fuck the, the crazy person. You if you break like it down, break it down to oh, its right. fundamental moral level, that is what, a, that's what the monopoly of force is. That's what the monopoly of the state is. How do you deal with the liquor stores in New Hampshire? Well, it's stupid. I mean, that should all be privatized. Oh my God, you're insane. That shit should be privatized. You shouldn't have to, you, you should be able to go to the grocery store and get it, fucking hard liquor if you want to. 
So you, so your solution would be the state is allowed to have liquor stores, but then also have them privatized. You, well, okay, which, I'm fine with that. But, but I'm you, fine but, with that. But they would, they, they, it wouldn't work because they would never be able to compete. Oh, really? No. Oh, well, then you're that. That's you are you are giving me the reasons for it not working no, no, now. It wouldn't. No, it wouldn't work for the for the little guy because he's never going to be able to compete with the prices from the state because state gets to buy everything in bulk. That's why the price is so cheap. Yeah, everybody can buy in bulk. Though I don't, I don't know no, why. The, not to that extent though, because the state has. X amount of stores all over the state. Oh, so I'm they're so, getting literally the cheapest. They, we have the cheapest liquor no, rates anywhere in the country because of that. What ends up happening is the the state would actually go out of business as a as a liquor dealer because everybody would else else would outcompete them if it were a fair playing field. That that's that's. You the think difference. like Joe's Liquor is going to have cheaper deals in New Hampshire State Liquor Store? If, uh, if allowed, then why? No, you'd have startups that would compete against, uh, compete against the store. That would absolutely every time the free market outperforms the state every single time when it comes to mechanisms to make things more efficient, cheaper, better services every single time. So yeah, of course I would bet on startups um, disrupting fucking liquor, just like I would bet on startups disrupting fucking delivering mail. It's the same thing. Markets are reactive real time. This fucking, you know, hegemony fucking hegemony. Uh, what, what's the word? Is it hegemony? Yeah, I'm the dumb one. <laughs> no, you get this fucking uniform one size fits all solution. Never works. Monopolies don't work. Let's go post office. <laughs> I can't you believe it. you are not. So, you as a liber- you are the worst libertarian. <laughs> I really am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, whatever is easy for Chris. No, I'm just saying that you would still I get know that you say service. that, but it wouldn't be. Behold- yes, it would. I, right now it's easy. I put a stamp on. I like the blue boxes. I like having the mailman come to my house. I like when he takes the mail. See, that's away. how, but that's how they can hide the fact that they're losing hundreds of millions of, of I dollars per year. That's how they can hide it is because it doesn't affect you a lot. Because right. yes, maybe that deter- maybe that goes to five more cents, you know, per stamp for you. So it doesn't affect you that much. That's how that, but that's how like gross and disgusting is. Um, cause you know, it's not just the post office. It's a bunch of different other services that the government provides too. And they do that as well. They disperse it so that it only affects you just a little bit, but that shit adds up. But I don't use those services. So I don't care. Oh, you'd use state services all the time. Oh. That shouldn't be in place. You're probably right. Yeah. But I like the post office. So I say two thumbs up for the post office. Two thumbs down. Oh no. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh no. <laughs> I have nothing against postal workers. I just wish that they would get a job. I, I wish there was a free market situation and they would also, they, they would probably get paid better wages. You'd have, you know, more profitable companies. Uh, well, they used than to the get pension stuff. I don't even get those anymore. Ye- now, yeah. Now I it mean, sounds like now it's a, tough. A, it is a mon- like that's a dinosaur. It's a, it's an albatross and eventually it's def it's going to go away because it, 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 it like, Here's the other thing. It's low impact. It's not. It's not like affecting anybody's health. It's not effect, like if you privatize the. That's like a, such an easy, an easy one to start with because the like the the stakes aren't that high. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like the post office. We're back on Saturday with, with Argo. Argo. What's the song? I forget. Yeah, I and know. a song. Um, best picture. Another best picture winner. Um, for us, I think it's our fourth one we've covered. Right. Something, Something like, like that. that. Yeah. Um. So we'll be back on Saturday. All right. We'll see you then.